Well, we're back. Another episode of The Longer Haul. And Chris, you actually quit. <laughs> I didn't quit. I, uh, I'm changing jobs, but um, I didn't quit. Well, I guess technically I did quit. That's, <laughs> that's, that's usually how that works. You that. quit one and go another. <laughs> yeah, man. Now, I, uh, of course, you know this. You and I have been talking for a while, but I... Uh, I'm leaving my current gig as the student pastor of Johnson Ferry and will be working with the state of Georgia and youth ministry in the state of state of Georgia uh, for the what's called the Georgia Baptist Mission Board. Uh, so it's like a next gen type role where I'll work with both children's ministers and, and youth pastors and helping strengthen youth ministry. Uh, a lot of the stuff we do like on this podcast and the book that I wrote and all that. So, yeah, man. Dude, it's been nuts this week packing up my office after because I've been at Johnson Fair for sixteen and a half years. So it's like that's like when you never you live in the same house, like when you're yeah when you have to clean out your grandparents' yeah. house. Like it was really weird packing up everything and finding old stuff. I also cleaned out my email, like all my saved folders, and I was running across like all because you know like I save everything, every well not everything, but like you know when you have a run in with a parent. Uh, or a parent gets frustrated and you have to do an email thread back and forth. So I, I was running across and reminded of all these angry these parents, I guess. And um, you're like, yeah, this isn't so bad after all. <laughs> yeah. I quit yeah, sooner. Yeah, yeah. All these angry parents. Yeah. So one of my, one of my guys at one point kind of, he announced that, you know, Santa wasn't real. Oh, and, gosh. uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm doing middle school ministry, of course, you know. So, but what was funny was how ridiculous some of the emails were. You know how 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 emotionally charged the parents were that emailed us about it, you know, and how we had ruined Christmas and I got a um, whatever. I had a parent call, a frustrated parent call last week, which I mean, get in line this year, right? And yeah. so, um, so I called the parent back, and I'm like bracing for the. Ah, you should be doing more or you're doing too much or we don't like masks or you, yeah, know, yeah. you need to be more diligent with masks or you and it, it cuz that's the constant conversation. And so I get on the phone with the mom and she's like, "Yeah, I just I'm I was really concerned um another student in my daughter's small group brought up something and I just felt like that wasn't very appropriate to be discussing in small group." And uh I st- stopped for a minute. I mean, okay, let me make sure I understand this. You're you're upset over something that was brought up in small group? Like, okay, okay, yeah, we yeah. can, yeah, yeah. That, that's actually something like, we want to talk about. Yeah, yeah. great. I, so we talked through it and hung yeah, up the phone. Man. I was literally laughing in my office when I got off the phone. It was like the most encouraging complaint I've had in 10 months. Like, this yeah. is like real ministry complaint. It was funny, man. It was wild. Yeah, that's good. Anyway, well, I think, you know, obviously, when I think of guys who can step in that role in Georgia and kind of mentor and help and come alongside student pastors and, you know, kids pastors, like, I'm biased, obviously, but um, I think you're, you're, I'm excited for you. I'm excited for the state of Georgia there to, to have you investing in them and taking all this wisdom you share every week here and being able to pour that into to the lives of, of others. Plus you're yeah, old, I'm excited, so. man. It's, uh, you know, it was, the timing's a little unexpected, and the getting to do that job's not necessarily unexpected. But um, And it's fair well, to say— Getting to do Georgia's job is a little unexpected. But, I mean, getting to do that type of gig, I should say. Um, I mean, a lot of the stuff I've been working towards, you know, is that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's kind of fun. I'm excited about it, you know. And I'll still get to hang out with teenagers, you know, on Wednesday nights and Sunday mornings. I'll still be tied to that. And, 
getting to do some speaking and stuff now more than I've done in the past, which which will be fun. So so yeah, man, it's and it's, uh, and it's different. To- and it's not something that you necessarily went looking for. You weren't trying to leave or run away or anything like that. You're- oh, no, no. Well, when I had to update my resume, it was 16 and a half years old. There's a tip right. for everybody. Keep your resume updated Yeah, as you go. Uh, because it's, um, I had to go back and add a bunch of stuff, you know, and figure out and clean it up. And that was pretty funny. But it looked dated too, dude. It looked like 1995. It was, in, it was insane. It was Did hilarious. you have clip art on it? No, I didn't have any clip art. Was it Comic Sans font? Art. Tell See, me some people Sans don't even font. know what we're talking about when we say that, but literally you would have to take like an old clip art book back in the day. Photocopy it. Copy that page, and then you would cut out the the, 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 the image. Yep. And the cool thing, the trick was if you used the right type of scotch tape. But it couldn't be any scotch tape. It would not tape. show up on the, when you made copies, it wouldn't show up. Yeah, you tape it to your document. That's why they call it clip art. Yeah. And then you would, you would, uh, then copy the copy with yeah. the, with the text. Yeah, dude. And that's how you made your newsletter that you were going to mail yeah. out in the mail. Dang, we've been Fantastic. doing this a while. So, yep. So your yeah, resume, excited, was in, well, your resume was in Comic Sans font? No, it wasn't. Um, it wasn't that bad. Okay. I think it was in Times New Roman or something. But, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm excited for you. Um, and well, also, hey. you know, I think uh, – it's going to be fun to watch you kind of step into new role and navigate. Yeah, it'll be fun. Um, yeah, it'll be it'll be fun getting in. And hopefully, it'll. You were ti- to big. the timing. You talk about the timing. You resigned, and then you got COVID. <laughs> yeah, well, that was what. Yeah, well, so thanks again, COVID. Jeez, man. Um, yeah, so was was planning on had it figured out that I was going to talk to my pastor on the Monday after the holidays, on the day before my daughter tested positive for COVID. And so I was quarantined, but I could not wait and not tell him. So I felt right. like I was breaking up with my high school girlfriend. You know, I called, I called him on the phone and said, man, I'm really sorry to do this over the phone. And so I had to, I had to, <laughs> <laughs> I, had, I had to give my two week notice and it ended, we ended up doing a three week thing. But, um, so I had to do that. And then a couple of days later, I started getting symptoms, and sure enough, I ended up with it as well. And dude, it hit me like a ton. I mean, like a ton of bricks, man. It knocked me down hard uh, for the first five days or so. And I think what was really hard, what I've told some people, Jody, is emotionally it was hard because, well, literally, you know, our buddy Tim Kilgore, who he's out of the hospital now, but he was in the hospital with it. You know, he it was like day yeah. ten that things went bad for him. Yeah, and. So, you know, I'm te- I'm literally laying in bed on day two, three, four, five, and I'm texting with Tim in the hospital. You know, I'm thinking, geez, man, I'm like a ticking time bomb here at any moment. It's going to get <laughs> bad, you know. Well, and so, we had Patrick on, you know, we had Patrick to go who. Yeah. yeah. Well, that we had Patrick on like in probably March or April or first something. Spike, like yeah. Was, yeah. He, he, he got it right. He got it early because he's in New York City and he was out there serving and helping people and he ended up getting it, you know? So, um, but yeah, man, it was, it wasn't fun, but I'm well, doing good now. Still got a little bit of a lingering to... voice thing and call. Can you smell? So. Did you lose your smell? Since I did not. I did not. That was, that was nice. But yeah, it was weird. But when so my did. wife ended up getting it as well, you know, and so three out of four of us got it. So you can't think Dylan probably had text. it too. He was probably just asymptomatic. Yeah. He's probably He's asymptomatic probably about a lot of things. 
Well, we love the Longer Haul podcast, and we've got a couple of great folks that help us help us do this. I was texting with Jake earlier. Uh, Jake works for YM360, and they have been phenomenal uh, in helping us and supporting us over the years. And, you know, we don't make money on this thing, but it does cost us something, and so they help offset that cost. And it was great uh, to hear from Jake. He's doing great. Um, you know, he ended up with it as well. I, probably, I don't know if I could out him or not you know um but uh you just did just did uh but he told me about a new resource and i had not heard this but you know they've got this really awesome book that andy blanks was a part of called uh, how to be a man and the third part of it is about to come out uh this month and there's a student edition and Hmm. what's awesome is it's how to be a man for students so you think you're teenage guys and in specifically, though, this is talking about the discipleship, discovering what it means to be a disciple. Uh, and and I was looking at it, and it looks great. You know, so if you're wanting to do a series with your guys, or if you're wanting to do a retreat with your guys, or uh, get a book that might could help you plan a you know guys weekend or a, a, even a, a class if you want to take a group of guys through a small discipleship class type thing. This book's awesome. So if you go over to YM360, it'll be it'll be posted there too soon. Again, this is the third third, not edition. What do, what do, what's how do you say that? The third part, like the third. Yeah, probably. Uh, this is like part three. Uh, so the whole series is great, you know. And we we've used it before, not this new one, but the the first one we used for our what we call man treat to guide our, our thinking in that. It's great. So check it out at YM360, and there's a. Uh, there's a promo code. You'll get a little discount and it is longer haul. The number four, the letter U we wanted to make it as complicated as possible. So <laughs> longer haul yeah. number four, letter U <laughs> got to work for the discount. <laughs> you got to work for it now. Well, we've changed it, you know, it used to be something different, but yeah. So it's that. Yep. And then, uh, also don't forget, um, if you've, if you've been listening for a while, a few episodes back, we talked through, uh, just some technology, smartphones, some resources for parents from uh, our friends over at infoforfamilies.com. And uh, they have a fantastic resource for you to help your parents navigate all things smartphones called Smartphones 101. And so you can go to smartphones-101.com, check that out. Um, and there's a promo code there too. And it's just longer haul. Yeah. So we, yeah. we're going we're gonna to give you, not only are we going to make one more complicated than the other, we're going to make them all different. Different, yeah. What's great about that resource too, man, is when you have parents come up to you and say, hey, I'm looking for help with my kid's smartphone, this is the kind of resource that's great. And, it, and the way it works is, I mean, you can sit there and watch some of them with your kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's good. And it's general enough that it's not dated. Right. If that makes sense, you know, because if you're not careful, you know, you can, when it comes to technology, that stuff can become dated. So yep. yeah, it's good. Well, I'm excited about today. We've, I mean, I think we've, we've talked to enough youth pastors, heard from enough listeners, and we've had enough conversations, even just in uh, kind of ongoing episodes about trying to do ministry in this, this season of pandemic and the, and all of the things that are, we're having to figure out beyond kind of our normal in-person gathering. And so today, just diving into this topic of, you know, youth ministry beyond the in-person. And so not, not specifically an, an online only conversation, but largely probably lended to how do we connect and reach students and parents and do ministry beyond what we would normally consider our in-person gathering. And so 
Um, I've asked a, a friend here, Jackson Arnett, to join us on the show today. He is uh, uh, on staff with me, is our kind of our, our online guru um, for us here at High Desert Church, and so I'm sure he's going to bring all kinds of wisdom that Chris and I are oblivious to um, in, term, in terms of that. You can't see him, but he's wearing a fantastic smiley face hat, so Just it brightens bring in, your day bring in the joy to already. the podcast however I can. And I'm already learning so much right. about clip art and so. all this good stuff. So, it's, <laughs> yeah, I think it's funny that we started off talking about clip art, and now we're going to talk about like you know, <laughs> doing youth ministry. Uh, Everything's come full digitally. It <laughs> so, yeah. everything. So we, I was uh, I was talking to actually a couple guys from uh, youth ministry booster even this morning. They we um, one of those guys had jumped in the clubhouse app, which Chris, you and I have been and Jackson, we've been playing around with some and. Um, and Chad Higgins was on and he was like, what the heck is this? This is like party line on an app. And I was like, it's exactly like a party I don't know what line that means. on an app. And I'm like, but, but people who invented it probably don't like know Captain what America. party line. Yeah. I get that reference. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So <laughs> it's just funny. All things old are, are new around. again. And, and it's big circle. Well, Jackson, um, how about just for sake of listeners, just kind of give a little bit of intro background, kind of what, uh, what your background is, what you do, how you ended up on yeah. the podcast today. Yeah. We'll I've spent, uh, a few years in youth ministry in Northern California uh, at a church of like three, 400. Um, and then uh, now uh, joined on staff at HDC to kind of oversee the creation of our online campus. So I'm, you know, you're too kind calling me an online guru because I really don't know anything, but now I'm forced to know things about what it looks like to do church online. So that's what I'm trying to figure out right now, but that's what I've been doing recently. Yeah, and we, I don't know, Chris, like we've talked a lot. I think this season has forced a lot of churches to move forward. And we, we were already streaming an online service when when Jackson came on, so it wasn't like there was a non-existent online presence. But we certainly weren't leveraging it to the extent that we have been forced to now. And I know for a lot of student pastors, they are the online pastor, like by default. Like, hey, you're the young guy. Here, figure this out. That's that's uh, you know because the senior pastor is yep. using clip art for yep. his sermon notes. Yeah, it's funny. So, um, okay, well, Jackson, how about let's start here? And Chris, if you you've got things you can throw in, like yeah, totally. I think when we talk about youth ministry beyond the in person, right? We're we're obviously talking about um, maybe streaming a service or uh, you know posting a message that you've recorded somewhere something like that. But I think it goes, it goes beyond that. I would imagine for a lot of our listeners, they're sitting here. Um, they probably don't have a huge budget. They're seeing a lot of larger kind of mega churches pulling off these really highly produced, um, services for students or adults. And they're just trying to keep their head up flow, you know, above yeah. water and stay afloat. Um, they're sitting there maybe with an iPhone and, uh, and like, yeah, what do you say to that guy? What do you say to, to yeah, that girl? What I think it's easy them? in the online sphere. I think it's easy to both be um, really easily discouraged because it feels like there's just this content war online. But then on the other side, really easily encouraged by the fact that you can see um, for certain circumstances or certain people, something works and it's new and it's different, but like the possibility of, um, you know, virality online is there. And so there's like this, there's this tie between feeling really discouraged, like I could never produce what other people are producing, but also really encouraged, like something random could work too. And so there's this tension of like, I feel like I should do something, 
but it's hard to come up with what that idea is. Um, and I don't think that larger churches are being like foolish by trying to produce really high-end content. I also think though, um, it's a pretty big waste of time if we're trying to bring entertainment online because entertainment's already there. Like that space is like so chocked full of entertainment. Um, and honestly, the at least the more that I'm getting into the online world, I'm realizing that like online stuff that's effective, especially ministry wise, has very little to do with like the quality or caliber of the content. But the I, I think the new word that's like entering into church is engagement. Um, but even as I think through it, through a student ministry lens, I'm just thinking of participation. Um, and I think like student ministry wise, it's really easy to get in a flow based on what you're service schedule is and those are the most important things that you give yourself to in the week whether it's we've got a hit on sunday and we got a hit on wednesday or whatever it is and so you're thinking primarily about those two spaces but when you start talking about being able to be outside of those student ministry gatherings you can really keep students participating in what you're doing throughout the entire week as simple as we're going live on instagram at lunch and we're just going to hang out on Monday. And that's not like costly content. It doesn't require a lot of forethought, but now you're hanging out with students on Monday at lunch that you wouldn't normally be hanging out with. So those are kind of the things that I'm starting to Jackson, think about. I, I love what you're saying. I, uh, yeah. I, I think what you're saying is so huge. I hope folks that are, are listening are hearing that because what I hear you saying is content without relational ministry is is doesn't yeah. have much value not, and i wouldn't and i'm not saying that um i wouldn't want to run too far with that you know because um obviously there is value in a sermon being online so i'm not saying that there's never value in that but with what we're talking about in student ministry having that content but having it i like that where you're using participation working hard towards making sure that you're having some type of participation in that relational, that it's ministry. That's what's going to keep it. Yeah. Keep yeah. It it's really, uh, yeah. Cause I almost feel like anything that is like purely content, that's not going to have any participation. It isn't sustainable. Like unless you're like Hollywood, right? Cause you can't just, you don't have enough people to keep writing and keep coming up with new ideas. And we can't like, we can't be Jimmy Fallon online. It's just not sustainable for us to do, but we could pick a thing like, you know what, this semester we're really going to drill down on like praying out loud together and uh, we're going to go live on Instagram every day and we're just going to be praying and type your prayer requests in the chat. I'll be praying for you. Maybe we'll hop on, we'll split screen it, we'll pray together. Those type of things is like, it's not, it's not so content driven that it is unsustainable because I can just, I can hop on Instagram and pray with anybody anytime, you know, like that's not a, that's not a difficult thing to do. And so it becomes really sustainable, but then I think allowing students to participate in it, you know, it's the same reason like why we keep coming back to sports. Like you could say sports is like largely the same thing over and over and over again, but we keep coming back to it because you see one amazing thing where you see something that's interesting and then you're texting people about it. And, all, and it's blowing up on Twitter. And all of a sudden, you're participating in that moment that happened in sports. And that's why you keep coming back to it. 
That's why you keep coming back to a lot of the content that you come back to is because we're talking about the Mandalorian online or whatever it is, like fill in the content that you come back to. There's a level of participation that you own in that content. And that's why you come back. If there's no participation in content, like I'm, you're just going to see the numbers slowly decline over time because the participation isn't there. You know, from a practical standpoint, Jackson, too, one thing I would say is what, what, what I'm being reminded of is my daughter, who is 17 years old, who most every night before she ended up uh, getting COVID, most every night she and her friends will jump on a FaceTime call together and yeah. do homework together, you know, and and then during COVID, once she got COVID and she was quarantined to a room with her door closed and we were dropping off food at her door, knock, knock, run, you know, um, she she had dinner dates with different people, including her small group leaders yeah. who reached out to her and they just sit there and eat dinner together, you know, but you talk about relational, it wasn't over, like you're saying, it wasn't like content for content. Say it ended up being very relational and, and, uh, and it worked. And as a result, she had a pretty healthy experience overall with being in a room for 10 days. You know, it ended up, yeah. she survived. Okay. Because she, she yeah. was able to do that. Yeah, I think, you know, and we've talked about this, our tendency, like you're saying, Jackson, is to run back to what we've always done. Yeah. And so I think what what I've noticed, even in my own self, but, but as we're working together with our team or, or even as we're hearing from other student pastors um, through the podcast is we, we've had this tendency is like, let's figure out how we take what we were doing in person. Throw it up. Yeah, do that throw it online. up online just throw it up there and then we're frustrated that that didn't yeah. work like we thought yeah. it should. Um, you know, and so I think this idea of, I think what the, what the, this idea of youth ministry beyond that in person, if you will, in my mind is, is something that we will learn from in this season and carry beyond the this quarantine and COVID stuff. I think there's lessons here to take, where, yeah, some of these things that we're doing now, we will yeah. continue to do. And I hope it pushes us to continue to think yeah. differently even. I think it really, like, you you can see the misconception that, like, what we do is the only way that things can really work well. So we've got to replicate it online somehow. And so we've got to, we've got to have this many songs and this kind of a message in an online service. And we've got to get an online service out there. And we've got to do these things. And so we're, like reverting back to what we're familiar with. Um, but what's, and I think because of that, we're bent to have a really negative perspective of what online ministry can be because we're just throwing whatever we do in person online and it doesn't stick the same way. Um, but what's really cool is when we start entering into moments that, uh, online spaces can actually create a deeper intimacy and connection between students, between, our relationship with students, all of those kind of things can begin to happen online in ways that they couldn't in person. And when we start working, it's almost like when we start respecting the online space and what it is intended for, we can start to see like, oh man, there's some stuff that pandemic or not, I'd want to keep doing because I can stay more connected to students this way than I ever could have with just getting two hits with them in person. Yeah. I, I think of uh, it's it's almost like taking your ministry into a different context altogether, like a different, you know, like, Hey, you're going to go 
do yeah. ministry in a different country in some sense. Like there's different rules that you're going to have to measure by. You can't just take what you're doing here and replicate yeah. that where you're going. Yeah. I mean, I think, um, you know, the one thing that I, f- I feel like is somewhat unescapable, you know, in this conversation is there needs to be a relationship in place in order to, um, in order to, you know, to, to, to leverage that digital option, you know, uh, that online option. I feel like it's harder, you know, I, it, well, Jackson, I'd be curious, you know, like, I, what do you do now? You know, it's great. I mean, if you have a, a small group that's already in place and they know each other, you know, Abby in her room, she's, she's not face sure. with new people. Um, how do you, how do you reach the new, how do you reach the new folks, you know, in that, or how do you make that participatory with folks that are, that are new that have not already established a relationship? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a really fair question. And especially on the student level, because there's like a level of internet safety we want to respect too, in how we're getting to know new students online and stuff like that. Uh, I think as like at the adult service level, the way that they talk about new people tuning in online is a lot of window shopping generally is kind of the approach like, okay, these people are just kind of, we're giving them a peek into this is what we do and this is how we operate type of a thing. Um, But I think as it pertains to um, new students, I think, um, I think there will be a growing emphasis in youth ministry um, focusing on creating um, something that is shareable content wise. This is something Jody and I have been talking a lot about uh, as we're looking to see like, what can we leverage our online student options to be? Um, so on one hand, there's a bunch of stuff online that we can do that's super relational with students we already have to stay connected. But on the other side, what's a way that we can capture the heart or the spirit or the intention or the mission of our youth ministry in something online whether it's an Instagram post or it's a, a quick like reel or a TikTok or something like that, that our students could then share with other students. Because now that's still happening through relationship. Uh, it's not your relationship with the student, but it's a student's relationship to a student, which is obviously a huge win. Um, but now we're beginning to leverage the relationships that our students have online. Um, and so I think that that is like, that's the most natural way for a student to then be like, okay, I'd hop on this Zoom call with your small group um, because that looks cool, what's happening over there at that youth ministry or whatever it is. And so I think that I think that, that content isn't in abundance. I think it's a very like, we think about it and we say like, okay, what can we do to best capture what we're doing so that our students can be inviting people into this? Um, but I think you're right. I don't think you're going to leverage a lot of relationship through like, here's our YouTube live stream of our weekend service. And we're just going to get a bunch of new, um, students hopping in that we don't know. And then we're going to plug them all into relationships. Like that's probably not realistic on that front. Yeah. But, but, but I do hear you saying it's not completely unattainable either though. I mean, there, there is some, some, some room in there to be successful. And I think part of that is, I don't think, I don't think it's as weird to a teenager as it is to us. 
Yeah. Um, if that makes sense, you know, for us, we think, man, I, that, that would, that has to be so awkward and weird, you know, but for them, I think it, it, it's more common and they're so much more digitally minded that the best example is like YouTube vloggers, right? Like our students feel so connected mm. to them, um, relationally, and they just feel like they are like friends with these people and they have intimate knowledge of their life and they know their dog's names and they like feel a relationship, even though the vloggers have no idea who the students are, but they could, they could wrap off to you like the top 10 that they watch. And so that relationship is there for them. And that's a real relationship that they have with somebody who doesn't even know them. And so that's just a, a wild thing. That person said, Hey, I'm going to do a zoom call today to their followers said y'all jump in they'd hop on oh it'd be f- they'd hop on yeah because they feel like they know them yeah it feels very comfortable even though they'd never been in a zoom call with them before yeah right yeah right so i hear so how how important jackson uh for for our listeners how important is consistency in all of this i think consistency is is incredibly important in the relational spaces of online whether that's uh, spaces for newer students who are getting connected uh, or current students. Um, all the relational spaces are the most important thing to be consistent in online because um, I think a lot of the reason we've seen so much inconsistency in online ministry is one week in a Zoom group, we'll have you know 30 students and then the next week we've got two and we're thinking, ah, maybe this isn't working and we can it right there instead of saying like, okay, well, the whole way that online works is that it's totally up to the viewer to say like, do I want to hop on or not? And so it's our job as these um, not content creators, the way that other content creators are content creators, but these relational content creators, it's our job to be consistent here and to allow room for students to hop on as they have time or feel comfortable as dejecting as that is uh, the consistency is important there because over time I think it takes students a few weeks a few months of that zoom space to start to feel like real comfortable there so I think that piece is really important on the content side of like here's just some crazy cool fun stuff that you'd want to share with your friends I don't think we've got to be pumping that out every week to be effective there. Um, I think we can be real thoughtful about like, here's a really fun video almost to think missionally with your relationships with your friends. Um, but that can come far more rarely, I think, but it's the relational spaces that matter a lot. What, what do you think Jackson? And, um, I, I could, I could imagine listening to this thinking, okay, I'm, I'm supposed to be consistent with what I'm doing, but I don't really know what I'm doing. I, I, now I'm, I'm thinking, okay, you've, we've mentioned, you've mentioned TikTok and YouTube and Instagram live and I'm on, I'm on the Facebook, right? So there's that. And then maybe like, is there value in, in trying to be everywhere or is it, does it make more sense to say, okay, this is the one we're going to own right now and, and we're going to get really consistent and really good here. Yeah, And then we're going to go others maybe. Yeah. I think there's a lot of value to picking one space and saying, we're going to make that our baby and we're going to own it, especially because 
um, I mean, you'd, you just have to have such a huge team to keep social media stuff running across all those platforms in a consistent and effective way. And honestly, the great thing about student ministry, I think most of our student ministries, um, is that we're, we're probably not trying to catch the kid the next state over. So we can be, we don't have to be for everyone. Um, so we can find the space that our students are most frequently in. I would recommend probably not Facebook. Um, so like pick anything other than Facebook, but, um, but like Instagram or YouTube, um, are probably going to be the most frequent ones. And then you just curate your content to that. Like on Instagram, you're not going to be posting videos longer than 15 minutes, but on YouTube, you can post, you know, an hour long video if you wanted to. Um, so now you're just, you know, basing your content off of what platform you're choosing to own. But I think it's totally fair to say, like, this is where we're going to this is where we're going to own a platform. And even if you pick something like YouTube, which I think would be a really effective platform to choose with a lot of the different options that you have video wise there, lengthwise, you can do a lot of different things. Most students this day and age are using that as their like TV, basically. And so instead of watching cartoons, they're watching YouTube. So it's a real comfortable space for them. But then the great thing, if you do something like that is then you can use your Instagram and you can use your Instagram only to say like, Hey, we just added another YouTube video. So your Instagram is just like an update for your YouTube. So you don't have to own Instagram, you're owning YouTube, but you're just using Instagram to reinforce YouTube. And so I think you can pick one spot and own it. And that can be really effective because you're not trying to reach the world. You're trying to reach your city, your few high schools, your few middle schools, whatever it is. And so those students will adapt to like, oh, this is where I know how to find this youth group, you know. But that consistency and the relational aspect of that, because that's the one thing relationally, you know, if, if, you, if you're able to work that out to where you as the youth pastor are relationally connecting with whatever platform that is, if you're relationally connecting and being consistent with that with teenagers, you are going to start to make a dent. And that could even be as simple as uh, you're not even on Instagram or one of these, but you're just doing FaceTime, Zoom type, whatever calls where you're every, you know, whatever day you're sitting there at lunchtime eating lunch with them. Yeah. You know, uh, but that's going to make a difference long term, you know, for yeah. them. Yeah. And, there's and what's just... great is all these things could last. I mean, here's the thing. I mean, even if all of a sudden, yeah. like, this goes away, these are things that, we can keep doing, yeah. you know, uh, long-term. I mean, because we're all, you know, if you go back, you know, we would complain about, man, we only get to be in front of teenagers on Wednesday nights, Sunday mornings, you know, yeah. well now there's an opportunity to connect more often throughout the week, uh, as well. And I think that's huge, yeah. but this, I, I will say this though. I think this is, this is important. Um, so far folks listening, one thing we've learned, Jody, I'd be curious about your, you guys as well on this. Um, one thing we've learned is is it requires us, if you have volunteers. So, so listen, you may be listening and you're thinking, I'm the youth pastor and I've got, you know, 20 kids in my group and it's just me and that's kind of the thing. But if you've got a little bit of a larger group than that and you've got multiple volunteers that are leading small groups, some of these things are we're going to have to keep training our workers to think a certain way, including this consistency thing. Like, you know, earlier, Jackson, when you mentioned, 
you know, you have two kids show up when you may be tempted to quit. Well, we've got to be the ones helping our workers, our volunteers to know, uh, no, you need to be there next week. Same bad time, same bad channel. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Like you need to be right there doing it again because if you keep doing that long term, that will start to reap a better reward, I think. And we've experienced that at Johnson Ferry, you know, uh, our middle school guy, specifically Logan. I mean, he's been super consistent in, in training and, and laying out an expectation for the workers and saying, hey, here's what we hope you will do. So then all of a sudden we had a spike a couple of weeks ago and we had to cancel our two Wednesday nights uh, in a row where they were going to meet in life groups. Had a huge Huge success, though victory, just doing things on Zoom because they were they just they stay at it. They say yeah. parents are starting to go. Okay, it's going to happen. If it's two kids, if it's ten kids, it's going to happen. You know, and but we've got to train them for that and cast that vision and tell them it's okay. And I, I, I'll say this too, and redefine what success is. Yeah. Wait, you had two kids? Yeah, yeah. That's success. That's you were success. there. Yeah. You know? You were there. Yeah. 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 And I don't, you know, what's funny is even as you're saying that, Chris, I'm thinking back. So, um, Sarah and I, we, uh, when we went on staff at a church when we were in North Carolina and we were the first student pastor the church had had. And I remember even in that moment, there, there was a, it was a smaller context for sure for us. And for the first three months that we were there, we showed up on Wednesdays, and the only students that were there, if there were ever students, Dude, I were like visitors. They were visitors. Yeah. <laughs> like a family would visit, like and it would be like us. They hired you as a youth pastor, and they had no teenagers. Had no teenagers. They oh, wanted teenagers. We need a youth pastor here. And there were like several weeks where we literally had a family visit. What's awesome about that is you got one kid, doubled our attendance. We just, yeah. we just doubled our attendance. But like the consistency, even in the in-person in that context, ultimately is what made the difference. And so we leave, you know, eight years later with 50 some kids in the student ministry just because we just kept showing up. And so I think it's easy in this season to become discouraged because we still, even like we're talking about our method has to change as we adjust to the new context, we still are measuring success by the same measurement as well. And so now we've not only taken what we were trying to do in person and do it the same way online, but we're also measuring that success oftentimes by the same measurement. And that's not exactly true either. And, and if you don't, if you're not careful, you'll become incredibly discouraged really, really quickly. And your, your, your volunteers will as well. So I think that's a great point, Chris. And what I love about online ministry is it's forcing us to go back and ask questions that we probably should have been asking a long time ago, especially as it pertains to attendance, because, we get all excited when we fill the room up, but online ministry reveals how few of those people who are in attendance are willing to engage. And so mm. just because people are there doesn't mean that their hearts and minds are being formed the way that we think that they are. And online kind of Boom. reveals the cracks there, you know, and it's like truth bombs like crazy right now. It's, yeah. it's I, I, we, I mentioned this, I think at some point I was at a luncheon with uh, some uh, a lot of ministry leaders, okay, right before, like maybe two weeks before quarantine, two weeks before the world. No one knew it was coming still at that point, right? But it was right before. And the whole conversation of topic that, was, that, that everyone kind of came to address that day was what does online engagement look like, right? 
and fascinating discussion. Yeah. Most of them are, are, you know, they've been doing this a lot longer than me. And I, you know, it was just an interesting conversation as you can imagine. Well, two weeks later, the world blows up and we're in quarantine and all of those things that they were so dismissive of in that luncheon now really matter a lot. The matter a whole And lot. now, right. And my view on this has suddenly changed, changed. abruptly when yeah. all I have is online. Yeah. And so I think we're, and here we are, you know, how many months in almost a year in and still trying to figure, figure this thing out. And, um, and it's, I mean, I think for a student pastor, I'm, we're obviously biased. This has been the most difficult on student ministry. Yeah. I think senior pastors are feeling a weight that we can't understand, and I'm not being dismissive of that. But in terms of students who depend so much on those relationships, yeah. and for ministries who, by and large, even though we would say not, have been largely event-driven, all of a sudden now events are gone, relationships have become more difficult, and then what are we left holding? And now you see, you know, your volunteers, which volunteers even were really with you? Yeah. Uh, or did they, how many of them just liked the idea of working with students? Not, they were never really bought in. They were never really willing to serve. They were just kind of ser- always serving on their terms, so to speak. And so, yeah, it's been a very exposing, very revealing really season for sure. Yeah. So here's, here's kind of what I hear us saying, and I'd be curious if you have anything else, you know, uh, Jackson, but I hear us saying, one, we need to be doing something online and we need to keep doing something online, even when things get better, Yeah. uh, from a standpoint of COVID going away, uh, because long-term there's an opportunity there that really matters. I, I heard us say that, uh, that consistency big time matters. Yeah. And we need to work between work towards being consistent. I heard us talk about uh, that, man, it's super important that as worker or, or as uh, youth pastors that we're training our workers and casting vision and, and redefining what success is and making those things, you know, important. Um, Jackson, anything else come to your mind that you would, you know, knowing our audience, you know, youth pastors that you would like to maybe say to them? Uh, just you know, I think if you feel lost in the online world um, and you feel like you're, you know, upside down, can't figure out what's going on, um, you're not alone. Like, I think everybody, everybody's there as confident as, uh, you know, Elevation and Life Church look real confident right now, but pretty much nobody else feels nearly as confident as they do. So I think you're in, I think you're in good company if you're feeling confused or discouraged about online stuff. And I think I'll just say like, I have, I've, I've had the privilege of being able to just give a few months to focusing exclusively on online stuff. And I know that's not the ability that everybody has in their jobs. But uh, I have been comforted that just a little bit of time spent focusing deeply on online stuff. There's there's hope there for for great things to happen ministry wise, and I I think it's become undeniably real that this is um, this is a part of the future of the church. How big of a part we don't know yet, but it's a part of the future of the church, and um, so we got to figure a way to step in in some way, shape, or form. That's good. Yeah. I'll say this. I was in a, I was on, a, I don't want to keep bringing it up because it's not the point, but I was in the clubhouse app yesterday 
and it was a whole discussion of online ministry that I was listening to, and it was Life Church, it was Elevation, it was New Space. All these, they don't know either, you know. Like they're they're figuring it out as they go, also even in this even in this space. And so that was really now they're further ahead, I think, than most of us because they have a massive team devoted to that. But but they're they're still figuring it out um, as they go. And I would just say this: I think this would be kind of my advice for what it's worth as not the expert and not even someone who's doing it as well as I'd like to. I think the key is finding something, finding two things, where your students are and what you're comfortable with. Don't, you know, and that doesn't mean you don't grow and learn something new, but don't feel the pressure to jump on and figure out TikTok because you feel like everyone's on TikTok. Like if you can do a YouTube thing, you can do Instagram thing, start somewhere uh, we talked a lot about leveraging Marco Polo for small groups, you know, and to keep this conversation kind of going off and on. And um, I think there's 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 other avenues um, that you can lean into. I, we've seen a lot and heard of a lot, you know, who are jumping on with their guys for Fortnite and they're doing Bible studies in the Fortnite lobby <clears throat> and then playing a game of Fortnite or just talking life. I think mentorship, informal mentoring in this season is going to be more and more important than ever. Just inviting kids into small things in your life when maybe you can't gather like you normally would. And so I think like we said earlier, everything old is new again, it seems. And except for clip art, hopefully that never comes back, mm. but that's like, a long like, like process to make a newsletter. Nobody was going to read, <clears throat> but I think, you know, I think do something is the key and don't be discouraged. Just keep, keep going at it. And, um, you know, and then just trust God, man, trust the Lord with the, with the fruit of that. And you're going to see less kids and that's just, gonna happen i mean we're seeing that everywhere there's less people engaged less people involved but the ones who come man they're there because they want to be there and those are the kids that are going to be impacted in this season who are going to carry the impact beyond this season as you lean in yeah if you think about it that's kind of every youth pastor's dream right there is like oh man i'm right here with the kids who really want to be here like i don't need i don't need hype i don't need flash i don't need any of those extra things um, to try to keep them engaged. Like they're here to be here. So like, let's do, let's do some serious work for the kingdom. Um, That's, that's powerful no matter how big or small that group is. That's good. That's great. Jackson, man, thank you for spending some time with us today. Happy uh, to. Giving up a little time there. Hope you have fun out there in California. I feel we're talking to two California guys, man. That's okay. We feel weird talking to you. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Shut up. We're just so, jealous. We see all the pictures of you guys not wearing masks, and we wear masks. <sighs> whatever. Uh, it, it, I would say, I, I don't know if it's like this in smaller California towns, but man, if you go to like a small town in Georgia, dude, it's like what? Yeah. Why like, space exist? It's crazy. But uh, cool. yeah, man. Well, Jackson, thanks a ton, man, and uh, we appreciate you. Yeah. Hey, folks, don't forget our. Uh, our, our, our awesome sponsors that help make this happen as far as all the hosting and things that we have to do related to this. So YM360, great new book that they've got out there on how to be a man uh, that's dealing specifically with uh, what it means to be a disciple. And then also our friend Barrett Johnson, smartphones-101.com. Great resource to send your parents to that will help them to know especially think of those younger parents and also even think of those like 
parents that maybe have fourth graders, fifth graders that are about to have kids with cell devices, you know, cell phones and such. So and smartphones, so huge resource there. So don't forget those. But uh, yeah, man, anything else for you, Jody? No, I just think it's fascinating. Here you are. All of a sudden now you're in charge of students and kids and now you're mentioning fourth and fifth graders. That's never happened. That's new. Well, but that, that particular resource, man, it fits that big time. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, it's great. It's great. Hey, uh, the last thing I'll say is this. Don't quit. Oh, well, yeah, you, don't quit. You can quit, but don't tell anybody and just come back to work the next day. Yeah, don't quit. It'll get better. Well, I mean, I think it is going to get better, Jody. Like, yeah, it's we're totally all going to get better. We're all dealing. It is going to get better, but it's going to be different, and we have to – I think in order for us to come out on the other side of this thing, I think we all have to be paying really careful attention or really close attention to what those changes are. The guys that are going to be thriving, the girls that are going to be thriving are the ones that are paying attention to all of this and open to the change and are being careful to prepare themselves for what ministry is going to be like if all of a sudden things get back to normal. And yep. it is going to be different. And But we can. there's an opportunity there. I, I think it's exciting. You know, it's it, it's it's yeah. it's frustrating, but there's a lot of it that's really exciting, as well. Yep. yep. What an opportunity to reinvent, reimagine. Yep. For sure. Hang in there. Hey, thanks for listening today. It's been good, man. Lots to think about. Um, lots to implement. Real practical. It's good. Uh, we'll uh, we'll catch you guys in the next episode. See you. Peace out.